Welcome to Top Shelf Integrity, where we give you an inside look at how we, the Beam Centauri on-premise team, maintain our best-in-class standards in the alcohol industry, and what makes us the best team in the business, bar none. It's about service at the end of the day, and we're going to show you how we do our thing so you can level up yours. What does Top Shelf Leadership do differently? What does it mean to show up for your customers and your teammates? How do you balance innovation and honoring legacy? It's all here. So grab a glass, pull up a chair, and let's pour one out. Good afternoon, everybody. I am Dan Cohen. I'm the Senior PR Director and Head of Social Media at Beam Suntory. I'm sitting here in the lovely Merchandise Mart on the Chicago River. On a sunny afternoon, I have a bubbly Centauri Toki Whiskey highball in my hand that I'm enjoying with my, my, my fellow podcastee. I'm going to introduce, he's the man, the myth, the legend, Charlie, otherwise known as Highball Charlie with Beam Centauri. Hi there, Charlie. Hi, everyone. This is Charlie Takeuchi from uh, Beam Centauri. And Dan, thank you for introducing me. But uh, let me quickly introduce myself correctly. Please, please. So uh, I joined Santori, which is a, a number one whiskey company in Japan, in 1998. And I've been working for that company for 18 years in Japan. And I moved to Chicago uh, five years ago. And when I was in Japan, I was fortunately a member of, of the team that developed the first highball machine in 2008. And until 2008... Japanese whiskey market was declining over 25 years. And since we started the launch of Highball Machine, now Japanese whiskey is growing until now. And so my only expertise is Highball. And I was asked to go to U.S. to find the opportunity of Highball. So that's why I'm here right now drinking Jim Beam Highball today. Well, they call you Highball Charlie. Many say, many claim that you single-handedly brought the highball trend back and made it a, a cultural relevant cocktail in the U.S. Um, the highball has been relevant in Japan going back, I believe, to the 1960s. So before a machine was invented by Centauri, the highball is just part of culture in Japan. Can you talk a bit about the Japanese culture and the impact of the highball? Oh, sure. But I always say... Highball started from West. It was invented in the UK and Highball became popular in the US before Prohibition or till 1970s or 80s, but it faded away. American people forgot it because whiskey faded away and vodka started to grow. On the other hand, Highball came to Japan in around 1940s, 50s, 60s, because it was a great way to enjoy whiskey with soda water in such hot and humid country, uh, island, Japan. And we enjoyed that low ABV drink, drink style as a refreshing drink. That's great. And that's exactly why you are Highball Charlie and I'm not Highball Dan, because I just dropped misinformation about Tokyo in the 1960s. So thank you for that background. I mean, the Highball is such a rich part of Japanese drinking culture. It's refreshing. It's sessionable, as you said, and it really pairs nicely with salty foods at izakayas and during the nightlife. That's a great point because, first of all, like we Japanese are not so strong to high alcohol drink like you, Dan. We always prefer 
lower ABV, sessionable, refreshing drink pairing with food. That is our culture in Japan. Which is interesting because that's very uh, much where the U.S. consumer trends are heading. I mean, nowadays, certainly consumers like to enjoy a lower ABV um, you know, product that's refreshing. They can pair with food. So Japan has had the highball in, in, in the culture for decades. Suntory invented this unbelievable proprietary technology that started in Japan and has since grown to it's in thousands of, of bars and restaurants in Japan. And that's where you come in. They said, you know, Charlie, you are a highball expert. You understand the machine. Let's bring you to the U.S. and let's see what kind of magic you can make happen. So can you talk about that transition moving from Japan to bring that highball magic to life in the U.S.? Thank you, Dan. I appreciate how you explain me. But to be exact, Santori didn't innovate a quality highball. We just learned from our traditional highly skilled Japanese bartenders. Because as I said, we always prefer light and refreshing drink style with pairing with food. And that way, highly skilled Japanese bartender redefined what is quality highball. How can we make it more refreshing? And the answer was, how is it is cold? How can you make it colder? How can we make it with more carbonation, bubblier, and more refreshing with well-balanced, sessionable taste? And many Japanese highly skilled bartenders tried to, tried to achieve the best quality highball sticking to the coldness, carbonation, quality of ice, chilling whiskey in the freezer and Santori just learned from them oh why not stuck this highly skilled Japanese bartender in a machine to make a best quality highball with the coldest temperature with the highest carbonation that's how we came up with the idea of highball machine in 2008 and now in a small island Japan same size as California there are more than 8,000 highball machines. So if you go to Japan, most Japanese pub have highball machine serving highball in a mug style and people are drinking highball as a substitute for beer, uh, enjoying with food. Yeah, and it is amazing when you watch mixologists and bartenders in Japan, they, they perform on another level. There's perfectionism. It's not just about this unbelievable use of ice, the perfectly carved, perfectly cold ice it's not just about the ingredients and the, the craft. It's also about the aesthetic, the lighting. And to be able to, like you said, put a bartender into a machine, it really set things off in the U.S. You came to the U.S. The highball is a drink, like you said, that's existed for a long time. It's a very basic drink on paper. But we've all, anyone who's had a highball at a bar, you may have had one that was not perfectly um, uh, mixed or with the perfect level of ice not in the perfect mug. And this machine really brought it to another level. So I guess, what was it like selling the first machine and to, to, to come to the U.S. and say, we've been doing this for years in Japan, but we want you to put some space on your bar and put a machine in that's going to kind of remove the need for the bartender craft and just immediately make you the best highball in the world. What was that like? Tell us that story. So as I said, my successful experience is just based in Japan. So I, my expertise is from Japan, but what's for sure is to make a great highball, the colder, the better, the higher combination, the more refreshing and the more refreshing taste with, with well-balanced recipe, it becomes more sessionable. 
with food. But what I needed to do is how does it go in the U.S.? But the same thing happened in the U.S. People are looking for less sugary, lower AVB and refreshing drink. So that way I found the common point. But there was still some different points. But the basis of what's important for quality was the same. So I just introduced this is a great way to achieve highest quality Haibo. And it worked. That's great. And, you know, when those who, I mean, typically in the past, when you thought of a machine or a cocktail on tap, historically, that is specifically a functional play. You do it because you want a high volume pours ease, but you're not thinking of quality. So to be able to deliver a machine for some bars to kind of lean in and say, okay, we're going to not only have a machine that's going to make it easier on our bartender, but also it's going to make a cocktail that is just the absolute perfect cocktail, the perfect carbonation level at something like 150% of the average soda water, um, perfect temperature, perfect mix. Um, and we also, I know from what I understand early on, when we sold in our products into accounts that decided to, um, to leverage this machine, that the, the highball was immediately their most popular seller. We, we saw, we heard this a lot early on. Did you find that as well? Did you find that the, the bartenders that in bars that decided to use the machine early on were finding it a very successful driver of, uh, of sales for them? Yeah. Uh, the answer is yes. But the thing is, it's not that super common to all accounts. The point is, of course, still highball is awareness is not so high to everyone. And, but still what for sure is there's some accounts that are looking for the new next quality drinks with refreshing style and trying to be different from other account by showing the different quality of their drink. And that way, highball machine was a door opener for them uh, to differentiate other account with highest carbonation, with coldest temperature, with by minimizing the dilution from ice to make a most refreshing highball. So highball machine works when it matches accounts needs and yes. with their consumers. Yeah. I mean, once what might tend to happen is a consumer might, might walk into a bar, they might not know what a highball is. They see a bunch of beer taps and they, they see this beautiful machine um, and they ask the bartender, what is that? And he says, it's he or her says, it's uh it's a highball machine. And they, they try it and they realize it is unbelievably refreshing. It's, it's easy drinking. It's delicious. The whiskey holds up nicely. And that's how kind of how the trend has grown. And so to go from 2008 in Japan, when this machine was invented, and then the last few years in, in the U.S., I know initially Centauri Toki was, was a, a blend that was created by, uh, Centauri's chief blender, Shinji Fukuyo, that was specifically blended to design and, and kind of fit well in the highball. The refreshing highball. It, it was, it was a, it was a whiskey made for the highball, which is, which is fascinating and unique. Once we started, um, seeing Toki take off in the U S and these machines take off, we also saw bartenders pour Toki in hand poured highballs. So the machine's certainly not the only way to craft a, an excellent highball. Talk a little bit about that. As you're kind of out in the market, you're talking with bartenders, the machine in itself is amazing. But the other thing about this is the Toki 
uh, product is also perfect if you want to just hand pour. So talk it, about the hand pour. Exactly. So that's a, what I really wanted to tell you is we've talked about highball machine, but the thing is highball machine is not the only one answer that represents the best quality highball. We are just showing one option how to make a quality highball. And the, oh, whether it's a handmade or highball machine, what's important for quality highball is the less dilution from ice is better, more refreshing taste. That's for sure. To make it happen, you should make it in a colder temperature without losing carbonation to become more refreshing. That is a common key point to achieve quality highball. And you can make it even with your handmade highball with your proper process to make it. So that way, it doesn't necessarily mean that always highball machine is the best of the best quality. Highball machine make a great highball, but also handmade highball or even uh, from our new draft cake highball or really works to make up quality highball. Yeah, so let's, I guess let's talk about the draft keg highball because through the years, as Toki gained steam, as the highball machine gained steam, we also saw a lot of our portfolio leveraged in highballs. Jim Beam, Jim Beam Black, the Haku High, Haku Vodka, which is, which is our uh, Japanese vodka um, distilled from rice, the Roku Ricky, which is our Japanese gin, uh, even El Tesoro Tequila. We've seen a lot of incredible uses with the highball machine and with the highball across the portfolio. But we did recognize through the years, there's a lot of bars that would love a highball machine and their customers would love a highball machine. They may not have the right space, uh, sufficient space on their bar to be able to install a machine. So we decided let's continue to invent and evolve. And how do we innovate from there? What, talk about that draft keg machine. What, how did that come about? That's a great point because that was, from my end, the most exciting part in my uh, life in the U.S. So I, as I said, my expertise is just, just as expertise in Japan. And I always say highball started from West and Japan has defi- redefined the quality of highball and now it's coming back to U.S. And what I always say to American bartenders is what makes me more get uh, excited is I see the evolution of highball in the U.S. Highball is now expanding by coming back to U.S. to bourbon, vodka, tequila. That's not what I saw in Japan. And also the big difference from Japan is U.S. is a country of cocktail. Where great bartenders, they do draft cocktail. Draft cocktail is not popular at all in Japan. Making a cocktail in a keg that works in the U.S. I was so surprised. So we are proposing why not making a quality highball in a cake? And we can uh, tell you how to make a quality highball with colder and more carbonated uh, carbonation. And that works. So that's why I'm so excited. I'm, I always say I bring the idea from Japan, but I see an evolution from there in the U.S. It's almost as if the U.S. consumer and bartender kind of took this trend and expanded it. And they said, we love this Toki highball. Let's try it with Jim Beam. Let's try it with vodka. And they've really, the kind of, uh, the momentum continues to grow. Um, And now where we are today is you'll find highballs and highball machines even, not just at craft cocktail bars, 
not just at Japanese restaurants. You'll see them at baseball games and Wrigley Field and Fenway. You'll see them at concerts, NBA games. It's really become, um, you know, the, the, the perfect cocktail solution if anyone's exactly. consuming. That is also the great part of Haibo, the sessionability. Because, of course, in Japan, we drink Japanese whiskey as our domestic whiskey. But here in the U.S., your domestic mainstream whiskey is bourbon. So that's quite normal to see expansion of highball to bourbon. And you also drink lots of vodka, tequila, gin, rather than uh, J- Japanese people. And also highball, what's great about highball is its simplicity, and but also the depth, which means the room to innovate by consumers or bartenders, because consumers can choose their favorite spirit with their favorite drinking style with favorite garnish. The point is enjoying spirit in a refreshing style. And it's not sugary, like a sugary cocktail. Enjoying in a lower alcohol proof than cocktail or wine. And it's lighter than beer. That's going to be a great, another option in, to enjoy spirit in a refreshing style. Yeah, and it's it's interesting when you think of the, some of the most iconic classic cocktails and some of the best whiskey cocktails, often they're very simple. On paper, the old-fashioned, the Manhattan, the highball. If you look on paper, most people could probably throw one of those together. But, of course, there's a degree of difficulty. You can It's, it's very hard to nail the perfect highball, the perfect old-fashioned. Why is that? A highball seems so simple. Whiskey, water, ice, garnish. Why is it so hard to craft that perfect highball? Simple, but it's the depth in that simplicity. Because imagine if you make a highball, meaning whiskey and soda, using, let's say, room temperature whiskey and room temperature bottle soda in a glass. Fill the ice with chipped ice. And if you add spirit and soda water together and mix it, I can surely say in, let's say, 10 seconds, you will gain another ounce of water by the dilution from ice, which means you are drinking whiskey and soda water and one ounce of water, which is not refreshing. That is the reason why highly skilled Japanese bartenders traditionally stick to the coldness and carbonation. Why not chill the whiskey in the freezer to minimize the dilution from ice? Why not use the best solid ice? To minimize the dilution from ice. When pouring soda water from the bottle, why not pour it very, very carefully not to make any foaming because foaming is a sign of losing carbonation. That way it makes a big difference. And that becomes much sessionable, more refreshing to drink. That's the reason I always finish highball in less than one minute. Wow. Well, that's... um. It's interesting, those little nuances, the little details that really go in to, to making that perfect highball. Um, we've also seen with the highball trend, you know, a number of brands, even outside of our portfolio, you know, consumers want highballs. Bartenders love highballs. Uh, one kind of um, growing trend as well, and it's kind of a, it's, a, it's an interesting growing term, is the highball formation. And we talked a little bit about the appeal in the highball to the Japan drinking and eating culture. but 
talk to us. What is the highball formation and how do people use it? Yes. First of all, how, when we started highball in Japan, it was not that easy to tell whiskey in a refreshing style pairing with food as a substitute for, for beer. It wasn't that easy. Even if it's a great taste, great quality, to change consumers' drink habit, we need to tell more about the occasion, how to enjoy it. Then we came up with the idea, why not choosing the most fav- popular small bites, like fried chicken, we call it karaage in Japan. And tell always, before highball, people believed karaage, best combination is always beer. But we propose, why not karaage with highball? It works. And it really matches. That way, it was a great way to attract consumers by saying, why not karaage and highball? What? Karaage, not beer? Why highball? But it looks great. It tells more the beauty of sessionable taste of highball by bringing the idea of food pairing. So that is a reason. Sometimes if we try to tell seriously about why highball is great, it doesn't make sense to consumer. It's boring, too educational. But if we say karage and highball, it's a dangerous combo. That sounds more attractive. Yes. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I've been to Japan, I think about four times. And of all my amazing evenings in Japan, my favorite experience is always when I pop into the, the greatest izakaya, the greatest uh, yakitori chicken skewers. We just sit with a bunch. It's a very local happy hour place. And you have your mega highball in your hand. And it's just the perfect pairing. I have my formation going. My left hand's got the highball mug. The right hand's got the, the skewer. And I always think this is quintessential Japan. And we've seen throughout the years in the U.S. really proper, authentic Japanese izakaya style. Uh, bars have opened up and every major city has some really amazing, authentic Japanese um, places. What do you think of the Japanese bar izakaya scene in the U.S.? And if, do you have any favorites or kind of favorite stories of enjoying a highball uh, being maybe in Chicago or New York and thinking oh. you almost are in Tokyo? Well, as I said, I also see a evolution of even in Japanese whiskey highball in the U.S. It's different from what it is in Japan. But what I always get excited is even Japanese food, it doesn't have to be exactly or always authentic Japanese food. It's based on consumers. And I see localization or customized food for each local market and it tastes good. And I see, and as I said, there's further cocktail culture in the U.S. And I see lots of creative Toki highball in the US, which I never seen in Japan. So as I said, this is a great part of highball showing the room to innovate by bartenders and get localized, uh, adapting to each market. Great. Well, I want to switch gears. You know, the last year has been rough, especially for our bartender friends, our bar and restaurant owner um, friends. And, you know, Certainly as we've had lockdowns, we've had quarantine and people just have not been enjoying drinks at bars and restaurants as much. Thankfully, things are looking better. Bars and restaurants are opening up a bit more. People are able to more safely while vaccinated, you know, enjoy a highball on premise. 
But I guess, can you talk a little bit about how things have gone in the last year as we've tried to support our, our on-premise friends, but we really haven't been able to do much as it relates to really enhancing our focus on highball on-premise. How have we been, how have you been able to kind of be creative and, um, and, and, and safe, but also trying to continue to build on our highball momentum that we know is going on with or without a pandemic? So during the COVID-19 shutdown, First, what we try to do is what we can do to support our bartenders and what, how we can adapt to the change and um, providing a great solution to consumers. One thing for sure is further needs for low-touch solution. That is going to happen. So, but as I, we talked, highball machine is, is a great way of low-touch solution, but to be honest, it's a very expensive machine from Japan. It costs more than $7,000 to purchase for accounts. So it's not that easy option. So coming up with more less investment or less space requirement solution with low touch sub, that what we started to work on during shutdown. But also we see a great, great momentum of a growing trend of refreshment during COVID-19. It was a tough situation. So people are moving, shifting to more casual occasion or neighborhood uh, drink occasion. And in that situation, people prefer, prefer more lighter and refreshing cocktail. That's how uh, we see another opportunity of highball even in this COVID-19 situation. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, certainly the machine makes it a lot easier for bartenders. So when an account is just, you know, understaffed and kind of open for partial business and they, you know, want to make sure they're able to kind of deliver cocktails quickly, the machine's great. However, to your point, if a bar isn't able to pay, you know, the, the, the expensive price to have such a incredible uh, machine. Um, it's great that we have other solutions like the drafts keg highball or the hand pour. A question for you would be, you know, as we see the highball trend growing, it keeps building. It's everywhere now. Where do you see it going in three years? Where's the highball as it relates to the U S culture and maybe in other countries too, where do you see the highball growing and it will, it will it ever stop? Is it going to just keep becoming a ubiquitous classic cocktail? What I think is, as long as I see the growing momentum of low ABV, refreshing drink category, I strongly believe Highball will be one of the, those categories because it's a great option for, consume, for everyone to enjoy drinking with refreshing style, but still flavorful taste of its spirit and refreshing taste with carbonation. and. So what I want to see is in addition to beer or any uh, sparkling wine, I strongly believe highball will be established as a one category of refreshing style drinking made with spirit. Yes. And it depends on the occasion. If it's a premium occasion, enjoying highball with premium spirits. If it's more casual situation, enjoying highball with standard uh, more approachable spirit. There's that flexibility in highball. That is another reason why I strongly believe 
Haibu will become one part of refreshing drinking style category in the near future. That's great. And I, I would agree. I, you know, it's the highball. Another thing that's interesting to me about the, the highball innovation is if you were to ask any, you know, any bartender, any, you know, whiskey fan, you know, what they know of Suntory, of the Suntory brand, the Suntory company, often you will hear people cite Suntory's, you know, pioneering the Japanese whiskey category, the first ever Japanese whiskey distillery, the most awarded uh, single malts from Yamazaki to Hakushu. Unbelievable blends like Hibiki. Um, and that's where Suntory's, you know, kind of fame is, is mostly residing around. However, in the last few years, the innovation from Suntory, um, not just in spirits, so releasing its first ever Japanese vodka, Haku, and Japanese gin, Roku, but the highball in itself and the innovation behind this machine, it's just an interesting... Um, uh, just a, another moment in the timeline of, of, of Suntory as the pioneer of the in founding house of Japanese whiskey. If you were to ask a bartender today, if you were to go out in, in Chicago today and ask a bartender what their view of Suntory would be, um, what do you think they would say? Do you think they would talk about yeah, the highball, the, the whiskey, everything? I did not answer that question. And maybe it comes down to Suntory and some, at some point Japanese people so Santori is a company that launched the first Japanese whiskey in Japan, building, built up the first distillery Yamazaki in 1923. The thing is, what we, our founder has tried to do is that we just want to make a Japanese whiskey or Japanese spirit originated by Japanese people leveraging Japanese nature and based on Japanese taste profile. As I said, Japanese always prefer lighter alcohol. Also, smoother taste, refined taste, like Japanese food, that we always prefer subtle taste. And another Japanese uh, character is we stick to details and ritual to improve the quality to to achieve those subtle taste or smooth taste. So if you ask me what is different uh, about Japanese whiskey, uh, Santori whiskey versus other whiskeys, I will, we would say it's refined, subtle, yet complex taste. And those philosophy goes the same for other spirits of our brand, such as gin and vodka, because that is our favorite taste profile being subtle, smooth, defined. And that goes, the same goes for highball as well. For us, I also, in person, I, I love Americans' traditional whiskey and soda, pouring whiskey, one part of whiskey in a rock glass with one part of soda in very strong style. That is also great American-style whiskey and soda. But as Japanese people, Preference is highball with cold and light and bubbly taste. So that what I'm telling you is there's some common part why we prefer this kind of taste profile and we stick to achieve that quality to make it greater taste, even in our whiskey spirits or even our highball style. Does that make sense? Yes, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, for those who are, um, are listening, you know, they've certainly, hopefully 
learned a bit about the highball, but also maybe developed a, a better understanding of the highball is not just a drink. It's not something you pour into a glass and, and leave it at that. It, it is really part of a craft and there's a lot of science and arts that goes into it. And a lot of, um, effort from your behalf and from Centauri and from the beam Centauri Salesforce to really make sure we have highballs available. Um, and in many occasions with many different types of spirits, um, for those who are interested in something refreshing, sessionable and delicious. So yeah, to get to the details on the highball, to get kind of, to dig into that, to that mug, there must be some nuances and differences between the Japan highball that you would get in Tokyo or Osaka and the U S highball. Are there differences and what, what are they? Oh, yeah. That's what I've been trying to be careful about because I'm just bringing the idea from Japan, but this is a different country with different culture, taste profile, background. So I'm trying to work as a catalyst or intersection partnering with Bartenders, our sales team, asking, here's what we learned in Japan, but what's your best drink style when it comes to US and what... I learned is, do you know Dan in Japan, we drink highball adding lemon, but that's not lemon peel. We always add lemon wedge. And lemon wedge is a popular style in Japan. I, I actually did not know that. But when it comes, when I came to US, lemon wedge, when it comes to craft cocktail, about high end account, it's not the common style, right? It's more lemon peel than, than normal. And lemon peel tasted great for Toki Haibo or even Jinbim Haibo, but that doesn't work in Japan because lemon peel is not common. But here in the US, lemon peel was the answer when it comes to the best garnish for Haibo. And also, when it comes to ratio of Haibo, we always ask accounts one part of whiskey, one part of spirit, and four parts of soda water. But here in the U.S., when it comes to Toki whiskey, it's a approachable taste, but still premium whiskey. And what I learned from bartenders and consumers, they prefer one part of Toki and versus three parts of soda water because they also want flavor of Toki. And they're stronger than us to alcohol and it made sense so what i'm trying to be always careful is i'm bringing idea but to look it's also important how to find consumers taste profile and accounts needs and how to localize and customize in each country sure that makes sense well i'll tell you what we've we've been enjoying a highball together we've been talking highballs um, our glass is almost empty. We almost need a refill. So I'll tell you what, why don't we, um, first of all, thank you, Charlie son for, uh, for joining us. Why don't we raise a toast? I'm going to pass the toast to you because there's a traditional way that we do it. And I would love for you to lead us in this. Oh, thank you, Dan. So as I said, uh, I've been working for spirit company in Japan called Santori for 18 years, but, uh, in, Santori is also doing beer business in Japan. So Santori learned how to make whiskey from Scotland, but also we, Santori learned how to make beer from Denmark. And Santori still, uh, is still distributing cars. But, and in our company, we always show respect 
and appreciation to Denmark. And in Denmark, there's a culture of saying score when making a toast. So you, normally in Japan, we always say kampai. That, is, that means cheers. But when it comes to Santori people, we don't say kampai. We always say score. Score showing the respect to Denmark culture from Viking. Viking make, said always skull or skull when they made a toast. Should we do this? Yeah. And another rule when making a skull is first, you have to, the person who is going to make skull has to announce whether he's going to make, he or she is going to make one or three skull. Then before the skull, always say a short comment on such as appreciation. And Once I start school, you have to follow me. Can you follow me? Let's do this. Okay.、Uh, thank you for giving this time and the opportunity to talk about Haibo. And I hope everyone、uh, h a v e another idea to enjoy spirit in a refreshing style with Haibo. So, Dan, I'm going to make three school. Could you follow me? Let's do it. Are you ready? Let's do it. Skål! 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 Top Shelf Integrity is brought to you by Beam Centauri Inc., Chicago, Illinois. Remember to always drink responsibly.